welcome to our women's meeting. We have a group of women and some men here that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, in the power of God. We are endeavoring to walk like Jesus walked. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly father, my heavenly father, I thank you. My heavenly father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend under the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light. Father, turn us from the power of Satan unto you. Father, I thank you. That same spirit of grace that was on John Newton be on this meeting. That same spirit of grace, that beautiful spirit of grace that came in and got the man delivered, got the man saved. Father, that same spirit here. And Father, I thank you, it's grace. It's grace. We are nothing. It's grace. Now ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. While I was praying, I believe God showed me how to do this because I'm still not settled with, with Zoom. I'm learning every day, as you know, through the daily broadcasts. But I believe we're going to go ahead and I'm going to show you these verses as we go in. We're going to talk today about how Jesus did it. We're going to talk about an aspect of him, uh, um, uh, a tribute of him that I don't know if we spend enough time even meditating on, but I tell you what is a powerful, it's a powerful part of Jesus that we've got to be like. If you will go with me and I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to 1 John, And I'm going to go to verse or chapter two, verse six. And that verse says, he that saith he abideth in him. He that saith he abideth in Jesus. Ought also himself, also, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Let's look at that again. He that saith he abideth in him. And it's referring to Jesus. Ought himself also, notice that puts the responsibility on us. Uh, okay, puts the responsibility on us also to walk even as he walked. Now, I want us to go to Isaiah. And we're going to go to Isaiah 52. And we're going to go to verse 13. One of the most beautiful verses in this Bible. All right, it says, Behold my servant. You got that? Behold my servant. Shall deal prudently. He should be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage, his appearance was so marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of men. We know by that verse, we know that that is Jesus. Behold my servant. Behold my servant. 
did you know that the God that was with God became a servant? He became a servant. He not only became a man like we have looked in these past weeks about how Jesus did it, but he became a servant. He became a servant to man and he became a servant to God. Now we're going to take a look at that servant. And there are a couple deal, there are a couple instances in Jesus' walk here that I think we're going to take a look at a little more closely to see the servant Jesus. The servant Jesus. Now, if we say that we abide in Jesus, then we're going to have to walk like Jesus did. That verse that I just showed you, my behold, my servant. You know what servant that that translation of that verse, that word is? It's slave. It's slave. Servant, slave. We, to walk like Jesus, we are going to have to become a slave, servant to man. And we're going to have to become a servant and a slave to God. Let's take a look at this. The next verse I want you to go to is, let's go to Mark 10, verse 42. Mark 10. Verse 42, but Jesus called them and said unto him, you know that are accounted to rule, there, rule over the Gentiles, exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you. Take a look at this. Because we have people in the church that think that they're some great one. And these words that we're going to read here are going to break that and pull it all apart. It says, but so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest, look at this, shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Let us take a look at verse 43 again. But so shall it not be among you. For whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. That tears the part about, look at me, I'm a great man of God. That tears it to pieces. Come and worship me, that tears it to pieces. That breaks it apart. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. If you think about the life of Jesus, he uh, walked in the wilderness with multitudes of people coming out to him. He didn't live in a nice house. He stayed in the wilderness. He had to because of so many coming and wanting, wanting God's healing, wanting God to minister to them. Jesus, at one point, he said that the disciples and he were so busy, they didn't even have time to eat. 
That's a servant. That's a servant. Who was Jesus serving? He was serving the multitudes that came out to him. He stayed there. He healed their sick. It said they were so busy doing this, ministering the word of God, ministering to God's people. They didn't even have enough time to eat. That's a servant. We know about Jesus going through the crowds. We know that he stopped because the, the spirit of God told him. We know he talked to Zacchaeus up in the tree. Zacchaeus, come down. I must dwell at thy house today. What does he mean by must? The spirit of God said, go, go dwell with this man today. Jesus obeyed that spirit. He was a servant to the Holy Ghost and he was a servant to the people. It's, it's amazing when you read about how, his, how he served the people. Do you remember Jairus came to him, a, a leader of the synagogue, and said, Jesus, my daughter is at home at the point of death. You know what Jesus did? I'll come heal her. I'll come heal her. I'll drop where I'm doing. I'll stop what I'm, where I'm going. And I will go and heal her. And on the way there, they got word that it was too late. She had died. And Jesus said, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe he didn't stop. He didn't stop. He went and raised her from the dead. That's a servant. That's a servant. When they sat, when he sat on the well, being weary of his journey, tired. You ever been so tired you didn't want to talk to anybody? Sitting on the well and, a, and a, a, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Did Jesus ignore because of his tiredness? No, no. He obeyed the spirit of God in him and he, in, in him and he started talking to the woman. Not only that, he prophesied to her. You've had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. But you know what the wonderful thing about that is? When you read to the end, when the disciples come and they see that he's talking with a Samaritan, and back then a Jew didn't talk to a Samaritan. Thank you, Jesus. They, when they asked, you know, when they looked at him they, and they brought food, Jesus said, I have meat to eat you know not of. Do you know when he obeyed God, he was no longer hungry, no longer tired. You don't think about that? You know, Moses was within the presence of God 40 days and 40 nights, never ate, never drank, didn't have to. Why? He was in, in the presence of life itself. When that Holy Ghost is ministering to you, ministering in you, it's life. My words are spirit and they are life. When you've got that on you, you're not hungry. You're not tired. You're alive. Now, I want to bring you to a place where Jesus ministering to man, ministering to man, did, a, did something that just absolutely blew me away. I want you to go with me to John 13. John 13. And we're going to go to verse 1. Let's read this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, 
And that means he was headed for the cross. Think about this. This is all going on when it's just hours away from Jesus being arrested. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And after supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and that he went to God. The only way he was going to go to God was through the cross. He rises from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And after he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel wherein he was girded. Now let's take a look at that. It says he rises from supper and he laid aside his garments, took his clothes off, took a towel, girded himself. And after that he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet. I want you to consider this. This is a man that was at one time a God. And that God, everything was created by him. And not anything made that was made was made by Jesus. Because he could have preeminence in all things. Jesus made the world that we stand on. He made the heavens that we look at. He made everything on this earth and in the heavens. He made us. And the one that did that laid down all his godly ability, all of it, emptied himself of all his divinity, all his godly powers, became a man. And not only that, not only became a man, didn't become a mighty man, didn't become a mighty warrior, didn't become a... a a, a mighty leader he became a man a servant it said this man rises from supper laid aside his garments took a towel girded himself and after he poured water into the basin he began to wash the disciples feet wash the disciples feet and wipe them with the towel when he was girded and he cometh to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter said, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, if I don't wash your feet, thou hast no part with me. Isn't that amazing? Telling Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, he that washed needeth not save wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, you are not all clean. Not all clean. I want you to consider this. Jesus washed all their feet. Do you realize that he washed Judas' feet too? Do you realize that Jesus washed Judas' feet also? 
He washed all the disciples. He washed Judas' feet. Is that not a servant? Is that not humility? Is that not obedience? Is that not obedience? You know, God got me once with a verse. He said, God is kind to the unthankful and the unholy also. Well, Jesus is the same way. He washed Judas' feet. And you will know just a couple verses down that Judas then went out, took the sop, and went and had Jesus arrested. You know, it said that Jesus, Jesus knew, Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him from the very beginning. It says that in John 6. So the whole time that Jesus is on earth, obeying the spirit of God, obeying God, being a servant to all the people, being a servant to the disciples. Judas was right there. Jesus knowing the whole time. And I love the what Smith Wigglesworth brings out. He never told the disciples who Judas was. He never told the disciples who, the, who was going to betray him until the very end. Never did. Judas cast out devils. Judas held the bag. Jesus knew that he stole money out of it. But he let him do it anyway. Jesus, behold my servant. If Jesus can wash Judas' feet, think about what we can do. Think about what we ought to do. If we say that we abide in Jesus, we ought to walk even as he walked. Let's go to another verse. He came to do the Father's will. Let's go to John 6. And we're going to go to verse 38. I like that you can see this, especially those of you that are at work and, and you don't have your Bible with you. It says, John, John 38, it says, Jesus speaking. He said, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Do you see the servant in this? For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus did not come here to do his own will. He didn't come here to do his own thing. He didn't pick his own people. He didn't preach his own words. He didn't do his own miracles. He couldn't. He tells us that. We talked about that last week. He couldn't do anything. The only thing he could do was obey the spirit of God in him. So the words he spoke were God's words. The miracles he did were God's miracles. Jesus was nothing but a vessel. A beautiful vessel. One that had the spirit that was with God from the beginning. But he didn't have any power. He had only his spirit, only his spirit. And you know what? When we're born again, we have that same spirit. First Corinthians, I believe, four says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We get the spirit of Jesus in us. So we have everything that Jesus had if we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. And like I said last week, if we have 
what Jesus had, then we can do what Jesus did. One of the things Jesus did was he only, he only did the will of the Father. Well, if our master only did the will of the Father, only did the will of the Father, then that's how we need to walk too. That's how we need to walk too. We do only the will of the Father. The more you walk in this, the more you realize you are nothing but a vessel, an empty vessel, a pot, a vase, a cup, that you are empty. There is nothing in you, nothing in you that God can use. So what does he do? He puts Jesus in us. And he gives, gives that grace to us. It says that he has given us talents. But you know what? He gives us the talents. We didn't stand in line for them. We, we were born with them, but who put them in us? That was the grace of God in us. Oh, the more you walk in this, the more you realize you have nothing to do with this. I was laughing the other day. I told Doyle, I think God gave me just enough intelligence to realize how stupid I am. And you know what's beautiful? I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. If Jesus only did the will of the Father, then that's what we do. If we want to be like the master, we have to do what the master did. And he only did the will of the Father. And I want to show us that beautiful that beautiful example of him only doing the will of the Father. If you will go with me to Matthew 26, we're gonna see, we're gonna see a man that only does the will of the Father. Now, I'm gonna begin in verse 36. Now when Jesus, then come at Jesus with them into the place called Gethsemane. This is after the dinner. This is after he washed Judah's feet. This is after he washed all their feet. And they go out to the garden. And Judas has gone to go get the, the staff and the, the was it the public, um, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the soldiers. Verse 36, then come at Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said unto the disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then he said unto him, my soul, my soul. You see, Jesus had a soul. He had a soul. He had feelings. He said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. Exceeding sorrowful. This isn't just being sad, folks. This is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. There was part of Jesus that wanted to die right there. Right there. And he'll tell you why. Tarry you here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face. He fell on his face. And prayed saying, oh my father. If it be possible. Let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. We see right there the soul of Jesus. We see right there. The human Jesus, the human. 
God wouldn't care. A God is greater. God doesn't have to be concerned about feelings, but Jesus isn't a God here. This is the human Jesus. This is the one that laid everything down in heaven so he could become your sacrifice and my sacrifice. And he said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And then look at the next thing he says. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, not what I want, not what I want, but as thou wilt. Those are profound words. Those are profound words. And I pray they get into your heart. Here is Jesus, the man. And he is saying here, he doesn't want to go to the cross. Oh, he can read. He knows what's coming. He's known from the very beginning why he came. He knows from the very beginning why he came. And now he is in a place where he doesn't want to do the will of God. He would prefer not to. He's asking the father, is there a way out? And then he says those words, nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. If we say that we abide in Jesus, then we have to walk like Jesus walked. And there will be times, there will be times in our walk of obedience that we will have to do things we don't want to do. We don't want to do. There will be times that it's, it's almost anguish. There are times just like Jesus in the garden, not to that extent, but there will be times if we say that we abide in Jesus, that we're going to have to do things we don't want to do to be obedient to the Father. To be obedient to the Father. And here, Jesus is being obedient. Verse 40. And he cometh to his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. And notice he says this to Peter, because he knows what Peter is going to do. Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Do you know Jesus is talking about himself here too? He's not only talking about Peter and the disciples not being able to stay awake. He's talking about himself. His flesh is weak. He doesn't want to go to the cross. And he's got to pray it through. He's got to get his flesh in line with the spirit. He's got to get his flesh where he can obey God. He's got to get his flesh where he can obey God. Watch and pray that you enter not a temptation. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, 
thy will be done. Do you see, I hope you can see, our salvation was won in the garden. Our salvation was won in the garden. Jesus settled it in, him, in his own flesh, in his own soul, to do the will of the Father. And that was the Father's will. If it would not have been the Father's will that Jesus die in the tree, Jesus would have gotten out of it right here. But it was the Father's will that Jesus go to the cross for you, for me. It was the Father's will that Jesus go to the cross. It was the Father's will that Jesus die for you and me. And I, I love that the father gave him that time in the garden to work through his own flesh. God is so merciful. He is so gracious. He is so loving that he will give you what you need, the grace that you need to do the will of the father. He will give you the grace. He will give you the mercy to get where you can obey God. Sometimes it's not so easy. Sometimes it's not instant. But God will get you there. And God got Jesus there. It says in one of the other epistles, or one of the other, uh, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that he sent an angel to strengthen him. Why? God knew he needed to be strengthened. He knew he had to pray through to get to the cross. Let's go back and finish this passage. It says, then cometh he to, well, let's go back to verse 43. It says, and he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again, prayed the third time, saying the same words. Took him three times. And he told Peter, if, you know, can you pray for one hour? There's a good chance there were three hours here. And it says, verse 45, then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. The man that he washed his feet is coming to betray him. I want you to consider this. The man that Jesus washed his feet is coming to betray him. But I also want you to see that man couldn't get to him. Judas could not get to him. Judas could not come do what God had set up before the world began to do. Judas could not come until Jesus was ready. Judas could not come until Jesus was ready. Do you know what a blessing that is? Do you know what a blessing that is? the grace of God, God will not let, will not let happen that needs to happen until you are ready. It is our job to get ourselves ready. And Jesus tells us right here how to be ready. Peter, could not you pray one hour lest you come into temptation? If we say, that we abide in Jesus. We're gonna to have to walk 
like he walked if our master had to pray to be ready if our master had to pray to do the will of god then we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give our lives over and be servants we're gonna have to serve in prayer we're gonna have to serve in reading of the word you know god brings something that I heard this last week that I thought was very interesting and it kind of blessed me. They were, it was the march that they had on the Capitol, the Christians that went to pray in Washington and they were interviewing Billy Graham's grandson. And his grandson was sharing that there was a time in his life, his, the grandson's life, that he believed God was telling him to no longer be a pastor, but to go walk, work, in Billy Graham's ministry. And so he went to his grandfather and he told him what he believed he needed to do. And, and his grandfather, he said, my grandfather, Billy Graham, sat back and considered it for a, a time. I hope some of you also saw this interview. And he said, all right, I believe that's that'll be, that'll be good that you come. And I'm very happy to have you come onto the ministry. And then Billy Graham said to him something that we all need to hear. He said, I'm gonna give you some advice. I'm gonna tell you something that I believe will help you. And I'm gonna tell you something I wish I had done. He said, and this is Billy Graham speaking. I wish I'd have prayed more and preached less. He said that to his grandson. The grandson has it in his book. I wish I'd have prayed more and preached less. He said I would have gotten a whole lot more saved. Amen. Amen. Now let's go to Philippians 2. We're going to end there. Philippians 2. We're going to begin in verse five. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, if we say we abide in Jesus, then we ought to walk as Jesus walked. If we say that he is our master, then we have to do what the master did. And right here, Paul is giving us a big hint of how the master worked. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we need to have this mind if we're gonna walk like Jesus. We need to have this mind if we're gonna walk like Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Did you know that? Jesus was a God and he was with God and he didn't think it was robbery to, be e robbery to be equal with God. And then that next word, glory be to Jesus, that next word, but, but made himself of no reputation. If you look at the different translations, it says emptied 
himself, emptied himself of all his godly abilities and took upon him the form of a servant, a servant. Jesus took upon the form of a servant, not a mighty man, not an important man, but a servant. If you are walking with Jesus, you will not be the important man. You will be the servant of God because that's the mind that Jesus had. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, as the NIV says in Hebrews, became every bit a man. Being found in fashion as a man, look at this, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. If we say we abide in Jesus, then we have to walk like Jesus walked. Well, right here, he humbled himself. So that's what we have to do. We have to humble ourselves and became obedient. And became obedient. Did you know that the God that was with God that left heaven, became a man, became obedient. It says, became obedient, even uh, unto death, even the death of the cross. That was the fight in the garden. He had to obey God. He had to go to the cross. He had to get his heart and his flesh to where he was willing. And God, by his grace, and mercy and great love gave him the place to get there. And Jesus humbled himself and became obedient. If Jesus humbled himself, humbled himself, God didn't humble him. He humbled himself and became obedient. Then we have to too. You know, some of us, it may be unto death, but so what? Glory be to Jesus to be like him. It says, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's the man, Jesus. That's our example. He would be unjust. He would be unjust to be able to have the ability to do something that we do not have the ability to do. And it says that if we abide in Jesus, we ought to walk as he walked. Well, he would be unjust if we couldn't do that. You know what? We can humble ourselves and become obedient. It takes a will. It takes sometimes doing what you don't want to do. But we do it anyway. But we do it anyway. And look what happens when we become obedient 
and humble ourselves. Look what God did with Jesus. Verse 9, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Hear that? Every knee bows at Jesus. Of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I want us to read this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus. You got faith for that? Do you have faith for what's written? At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Why? Because Jesus obeyed the Father. Because Jesus went to the cross. Because Jesus bore our iniquities. Because he bore our perversion. It says he, perver per he, he carried our sin. He did it out of obedience. He went to hell for us, carrying our iniquities, carrying our sins carrying our sicknesses, our diseases, our perversities, our poverty, carrying our curses. He carried it all out of obedience. He carried it all and he went to hell with it. He went to hell with it. That's where sinners go. He went to hell with it out of obedience. And when the father saw, when the father saw his obedience, when the father saw his travail, when he saw Jesus suffering, he was satisfied and he raised Jesus from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. The father raised Jesus from the dead. Not only did the power of the father raise Jesus from the dead, but he raised a whole lot of people with him read Matthew. He raised a whole lot of people with him. They came out of the graves and they went into the city. They didn't do that on their own. It was the power of God that raised them from the dead. That power, there was so much of that power. It not only raised one man, Jesus forever, but it raised a whole lot of people with him. You know what? He's going to do it again. If you don't believe he had power to do that, how are you going to get off the ground? We're going to do it with the same power. We're going to do it in the same power that God raised Jesus from the dead. And not only was Jesus raised from the dead, but the father sat him at his own right hand, far above principalities, powers, mights, and dominion, far above. That at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. You got something in you that has to bow? The name of Jesus, it has to bow. The name of Jesus is above cancer. The name of Jesus is above arthritis. The name of Jesus is above, above sickness. 
The name of Jesus is above this virus. The name of Jesus is above every sickness. The name of Jesus is above every pain. The name of Jesus is above every sin. The name of Jesus is above every spirit. It's above pornography. It's above sexual immorality. It's above perversion. The name of Jesus is above. It's above. And at the name of Jesus, it has to go. At the name of Jesus, it has to go. At the name of Jesus, every perversion has to go. By the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it has to go. In the name of Jesus, all perversion, all perversion has to go. Now, in the name of Jesus, all perversion has to go in the name of Jesus. All of it. All of it, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is taking out this perversion now in the name of Jesus. It's taking out sexual immorality. It's taking out lust. It's taking out that lust. The name of Jesus is above lust. It's above adultery. You know, if you look on a woman and lust after her, you've committed it already in your heart. Well, Jesus can loose, loose these people, loose us from adultery. I don't think that, that I, I think women are involved in that too. Loose these women, loose these men from adultery in Jesus name. The name of Jesus is above adultery. It's above adultery. It's stronger than adultery. It paid for adultery. All this adultery leave in the name of Jesus. All this adultery, all this fornication leave, go in the name of Jesus. Pornography, go in the name of Jesus. Jesus is greater than pornography. Jesus is stronger than pornography. Jesus died so we could be delivered from pornography. At the name of Jesus, go all pornography. At the name of Jesus, yes, you go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, go, go. Amen, amen. Thank you, Father. You came to mess. You sent Jesus to make the vessel clean. Thank you for that blood. It makes the vessel clean. All this lust. All this lust, this gluttony, go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Gluttony, go. Jesus is a 
stronger than gluttony. Jesus is stronger than gluttony. Jesus died for gluttony that we could be delivered. In the name of Jesus, go, go, go. Jesus died for this. His name is above gluttony. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. You came, Jesus. You came to make the vessel clean. You came to make the vessel clean. Thank you, Jesus. You came to make the vessel clean. Your blood was shed to make the vessel clean. Amen. Amen. Let me know if God has ministered to you. Let me know what's going on with you. And I will see you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.